Coming up, today's guest has over 20 million downloads for his mobile game studio. You're gonna discover how he researches mobile game niches, what to look for in a keyword, and finally, personal growth tips to overcome your mental blocks. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. See why Sony has increased their click-through rates by 5% and subscription by 10% since integrating Clever Tap. They've got analytics and engagement tools to really help grow your user base and subscribers. Check them out at clevertap.com. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. So I talk to some phenomenal people in the app space who are just crushing it and to learn from them so that we can all collectively grow together. Today, I've got a phenomenal guest. Known him through the years. Super excited to have him on. They've got some really great apps, really great games in the App Store, and they just started their publishing arm of the business. We're going to learn all about organic growth strategies so without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Ryan Yada. He is the co-founder of Flow Motion Entertainment. Go check him out. It is Flow Entered. Well, go to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Flow Motion Entertainment. All one word, no dashes. Super easy. Flow Motion Entertainment on Facebook. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Ryan, what, what are some of the top apps that you guys have out there? Uh, right now, our two top apps, our games on both stores are Kitchen Craze and Cooking Country. And uh, we do have our, our biggest game yet. Uh, uh, I, uh, we've been working hard on a sequel to Kitchen Craze. So that's uh, coming out actually in uh, three days on December 1st. Nice, man. Well, congrats. What, and so you guys, a lot of the games that you've created are more of that, like, the, what's, that, what's that genre? Like cooking genre? Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, we we have decided to focus our niche on um, casual games played mostly by women, and even more so, time management cooking games. Yeah, that's the best way of putting it. So, like, let's talk about this. Like, how? What do you? I mean, how did you guys focus? How did you guys stumble upon this? Or like, what made you really focus more on this type of category? Yeah, we get that. We get that question a lot. Um, yeah, who uh, originally started the company and then myself uh, uh, joined him as 50% uh, co-founder. Um, yeah, not, neither one of us, you know, grew up as little kids dreaming of uh, of bringing mobile games to the world uh, for women. But, uh, you know, we, we discovered early on that uh, we'd had, uh, we'd published about oh, 300, 400 games on both stores uh, back in the early days of, of reskinning. And we discovered that our best games the ones that uh, were being downloaded the most and uh, we could see a lot of potential with were um, in this cooking game category. And um, it wasn't until we started to hook up Facebook uh, analytics, the Facebook SDK, where we discovered that it was mostly women, 80, 85% women that were playing these games. And uh, that 
definitely set this on a journey, realizing that more than half the people who play mobile games are women. So that was a surprise to us. We didn't realize it was that significant. And uh, so we realized that there were, there were mostly women playing, well, not, you know, let's say, let's just say it's 50 50. There were a lot of women playing mobile games, but most of the content on the store were largely played by men. And so we realized that this would be a, a less competitive category and, uh, you know, a family friendly entertainment. Both my partner and I both have, uh, business partner and I both have kids. So we just liked this, uh, this family friendly, less competitive uh, uh, niche. I like it. Now, you actually joined forces with Dario back in 2015. You three years, just to give people context, the listeners, of what the phenomenal success that Ryan and Dario have built. But in three years, they've scaled Flowmotion 50X to become one of the leading publishers of casual mobile games played by women that also feeds, this is the cool part, that also feeds kid, hungry kids in Canada over 20 million downloads. And then they provided over 25,000 meals to kids in need. Congrats on everything, Ryan. It's a really great accomplishment. Hey, thanks, man. We, uh, I mean, yeah, we we are we are proud of what we've been able to do, and of course, uh, we haven't. There's no way we could have done it without uh, an amazing team. Uh, we've got now 15 folks uh, on on the slow motion team around the world, and uh, we've just had some amazing customers too, and and partners, especially partners. Um, the folks that have actually made these games, uh, they've just been incredible to work with. Um, I know so, yeah, it's been quite a journey so far. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk more about the organic strategies today, but now that you found your niche, you, I love that you guys sort of stayed within that realm and you're not like venturing out. You're like, no, here's what we know we know we do best and here's what we're going to do. How do you approach when you start putting this new game, this follow-up game together? Like, how do you approach your marketing now? Yeah, I mean, we've learned. So yeah, from the very beginning, um, we certainly learned a ton from from some of our mentors um, you know, certainly we've been following you and, and learning a lot about your content. Uh, we've had some amazing help from, uh, from the early guys like Chad Moretta and, and, uh, Trey and, and Carter. Um, and, uh, I mean, the strategy is very similar now as it was at the very beginning when we started to focus on this niche, it was really, and it's no different than I'm sure you tell people it's, it's what were the best keywords that we felt like we could actually rank for and most importantly rank for in the top three, uh, maybe top five after that, it just didn't, it, you know, wasn't going to be uh, irrelevant, but uh, it was basically the, the, and that's why this niche was also great. Cause it was, yeah, I mean, our, our focus now in terms of marketing is, is at least from the, from the basics, the foundation, the organic strategy, it's very similar. It's what are the best keywords we feel like we have a chance for ranking for. And, um, you know, that's one of the other things that is beneficial about picking any niche is usually there's, you know, less competition, and so we just really focused on what were the best keywords with the most traffic, with the least competition, with the most relevance to our apps. I mean, I'm sure the, the you know, you've told thousands of people the same thing. Um, and so with this big game, yeah, I mean, we still feel like we have a great chance at ranking for even some of them now with, you know, all that we've learned and um, perhaps the uh, weight of our portfolio and our existing customer base. You know, right now we're even ranked number four for cooking games, which wow. is the number one keyword for our category. We're ranked number four for it in pre-order. So we're just, I guess we're always finding ways to make sure that we have the best chance at ranking for the best keywords in the top three. And even in this case, going big, even for a very competitive keyword, we even at this stage, we feel like we have a good chance at ranking for it. That's awesome. Are you guys, before you even start creating this game it's called cook it so if you guys want to check it out but if before creating this game are you guys figuring out what niche the next one should be 
Yeah, that's something, you know, from the very beginning that has worked well for us is looking at um, a, a, a niche a category, uh, some keywords that we see that have high volume that we can be competitive for. Yes, before even making something like, for you know, right now we're not going to launch into a match three game, for example, um, because we just know that that's going to be very difficult for us to have any organic traffic for it uh, just at this day and age. So, yeah, we're always looking for the, the you know, we're, we're definitely now broadening outside of cooking games a little bit and looking for um, keywords in where there's a large volume of organic traffic that we feel like we could uh, rank for and then figure out the right team that could make something for that and bringing that to the world there. How do you then approach working with, so let's say you found the next niche or the next topic that you want to cover. Like how do you approach working with just potential development partners? Yeah, that's one of the most, you know, for, for our business model, being a publisher. Um, yeah, certainly one of the biggest things we have a lot of great customers, you know, we've got millions in our audience and on our mailing list and on our Facebook page, we've got now great customers, we've got a great team. Uh, the real key is now finding partners that, uh, align, uh, in terms of, uh, of, uh, how we want to do things and obviously that we align for them. So the, the number one thing right now is a values fit. That's what we lead with, uh, whether it's a new partner, whether it's a new person working with us on the team. We, the number one thing we start with is values. So we've done a lot of work to discover our, our own company values. And um, if we've got values fit with a potential new partner, then it, then it moves to um, have they made a game in the past that can hit certain key metrics or do we feel like they could? And then we start working out the uh, logistics of the kind of game and the agreement and all that. Uh, but the first two things would be value and capability. Right. So from a tactical level, how are you discovering these new potentials? Like whether, and I'll try to keep it general so you can get specific with it, but whether it's for cook it or a brand new category that you're thinking about, like, how are you doing the research? It's just, just like, how do you start? Yeah. Um, you know, it, uh, sometimes it's not pretty like, or even in the past, finding some new partners that had made some great cooking games, it was just hunting through the store, you know, uh, scrolling uh, pages and pages down for games that didn't rank very well at all, but actually then downloading them and playing them and seeing that they were high-quality games. So there was obviously a team that could make high-quality games. They just didn't know how to market them. Um, so, you know, that's worked well in the past for, for partners. Um now we want to scale that and, and reach you know, more partners and have more conversations with folks that are looking for tons of great customers. If we focus on bringing them the, the players if, and they focus on the play itself. And uh, in terms of new niches, um, you know, similarly, it's, it's looking in the store for, um, it is, it is, it's paying, it's, it's, it's taking a lot of time in the store. And, you know, for example, we, we had, we did see, the sort of gardenscapes, uh, it's not really, I guess it's kind of a niche. It's the meta game on top of a, of a, of a successful game. Um, and we saw that one, um, starting to explode at that time. We weren't ready to venture outside of our, of our niche. Um, but, but it, it is looking in the store. It is seeing games in soft launch. It is seeing that there's high volume of search for a keyword. Um, gardenscapes is a bad example because, because that, that brand, Name is going to be hard to rank for. Mastery is going to be hard to rank for. Right. But um, you know, if it was a gardening game, for example, 
then, and that was a high volume keyword with very little competition. Um, that would, and, and there was a couple of big titles starting to gain a lot of um, traction, then that would be something that we would see as potentially a new, a new fit. Is there a favorite tool that you like to use when you're trying to figure out these volume competition? Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite tool to use for this? Oh, for volume, sorry. Um, we, I mean, everything's got its own, you know, sensor tower. We, we lean a lot on um, mobile action, uh, app Annie. Uh, each one's kind of got its own little uh, strength that we, yeah. we use. The, you know, we pick and choose the best uh, from each. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. The <clears throat> What I want to talk about next is, you know, you were a, you said you immediately say you were like early in your career, it was an entrepreneur, senior leader, and working for a company, like what got you to finally like leave and just do your own thing? Yeah, right. I'm sure you've got a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in your audience and, and folks uh, starting their own business. Um, yeah, that that was something. I, I mean, for the first part of my career, it served me well to work inside big companies and do stuff that was innovative and new there. Um, but I always kind of ran into, ran into a point where I felt like I was just, it wasn't right. Like I, I kept staying somewhere for two years, three years and, and getting frustrated and feeling like I was being limited. And uh, for quite a while, I just, I didn't know why. And then started to dawn on me that maybe I wasn't meant to work inside of, of a big company and I was meant to do my own thing and sort of perfectly timed. Uh, that's when Dario and I started to have conversations about him wanting to grow his company and my experience helping grow these big companies and it just was all perfect timing. So um, at that point, I decided to leave the corporate matrix and uh, join forces with him to really scale uh, the, the company that started. Now, from an ASO perspective, I want to go back to it, maybe try to give a little bit more uh, like a tactical advice and maybe I can pull one out of you. But now that you're looking at, okay, high volume keywords, low competition, is it as simple as like putting these high volume keywords in the title? Like what else are you doing to make sure that you actually rank well for these keywords? Yeah, right. It's only, it's only that simple. Um, and I know this is obviously the great stuff that you put out there. It's just tons of experiments and be willing to um, not make, you know, at least if we're going to make assumptions, then we're going to test the heck out of them. Um, so I guess, you know, what's one of our values is the growth mindset in, in our company. Um, so yeah, maybe it's the titles and the, maybe it's the keywords in the title. Maybe it's in, in our company name. Maybe it's in the subtitle. Maybe it's in the metadata. Maybe it's in the, you know, Spanish, Mexico, or, or Mexican Spanish. Um, so it, it, yeah, Spanish, right? Anyways, it is just tons of experience, tons of tests. And, um, uh, it was easier when we had more games in our portfolio. Um, but, uh, you know, and it is also just hunting through the store and seeing what's working well for others too and reverse engineering uh, how they're doing things. Um, yeah, I think that's been our number one thing. It's just lots of experiments. Yeah, and I, th I think it's so true. Like, I think with ASO especially, like, we get into this realm where we know what works, you know, like, people have said it. And I definitely experimented with this over the summer where I was like, you know, I think I'm less resting, you know, like, I'm not trying new and different things. And it wasn't until I hosted a retreat that I was like, oh, I need to, like, start doing more because somebody was sharing an ASO tip. And I was like, whoa why didn't I test that? Like, duh, like that seems an obvious test. And it's just like, you just never know. Cause 
Apple and Google, they're all changing stuff. And so things that didn't work before may work now. People that, or things that are working now aren't working as well. So it's like constant testing. And that's, it's really that simple. Yeah. And you bring up another great point there. I mean, it's, it's doing our own test and then it's, it's really having a, a great network and reaching out to others. Right? Like you said, with your events, like that's where we've learned some of these amazing uh, new strategies because there's only so much we're going to be able to figure out on our own. And so the more we've shared and, and we, we've been a part of a couple of masterminds as well as app entrepreneurs and just amazing stuff that gets shared there. So the more we've been willing to share, the more other people are willing to share and, Certainly, that's how we've all grown together uh, really well. So it's definitely being our own experiments as well as, as networking with others and sharing our learnings and, and gaining insights from them too. Right. I feel like, you know, like in terms of business, maybe like it's hard to like pinpoint certain inflection points, right? Like, hey, we did this and this was an inflection point. And maybe I've, I've read too many of these like business type of books, like how Snapchat got started, how these like big tech companies, Airbnb got started. But do you remember from your guys end, because you guys have sort of bootstrapped this and like really done things in-house. Like maybe, was there an inflection point for you guys now that with over 20 million downloads, like that said, oh, wow, this is working. This is going to be really big. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, we've definitely done with, a, with growth mindset being a big thing for us. We've definitely done uh, kind of our own learning from books and conferences and, and mentors. Um, I guess the big inflection points, if I look at it from um, you know, downloads, revenue, I mean, some of these metrics that, that might reflect back to us the work that we're doing, um, the big things have been putting, fairly quickly putting, uh, like the Lean Startups being a great sort of Bible and reference for us, like not being afraid to put something out in the world, even if it's not 100% finished. Um, like Kitchen Craze was a good example. We, we saw that, that that time management cooking game space still had a ton of room to grow. And we saw a couple of games that were going to be big in soft launch. And um, so we were willing to put an MVP out into the world that, you know, it was still polished. It was still a great game, but it, it only had like one-tenth the levels of at some of our competitors. But at least it let us see that, oh, great, a lot of people love this game. They're screaming for more content. That's a good problem to have. Um, so I think that's definitely been something from the very beginning that's that's proven successful is is being willing to experiment, being willing to put stuff out in the world that um, you know uh, isn't 100% done and never will be. And um, just, uh, I guess, yeah, not being afraid to, to put that out there. And I know you're a big believer in like personal growth and self-actualization. And you've gone to a couple of like, I don't know if it's a couple, but you've gone to a, like Tony, Tony Robbins Master University. What's been like the main takeaway or the big breakthrough you've had through this journey? Uh, how much of it's uh, on me, you know, in, in my own personal uh, growth and how I see the world. Uh, you know, I think early on for me, I, it's kind of like uh, I like to use the, the, the movie The Matrix as a bit of a reference for things, an analogy for a lot of things. It, it's definitely a process of waking up because the more aware I become and the more I get, I, I shift my mindset and the more at peace and, and loving and grateful and all of this that, uh, that I can become, then everything outside of me starts to shift and transform and look different. Um, and, I mean, that was the big thing. The first event I went to was Business Mastery with Tony Robbins and uh, with, with Dario. And, and uh, you know, here I was thinking, oh, I was going to learn all these great business strategies and tactics and ways to to grow our business massively. And 
you know, the first thing he says is 80% of this is going to be psychology and, and, and on, on me. So it's been really looking at my own stuff and where I'm holding, where I'm limiting my own capabilities and, and getting help from coaches and friends and my, and my men's group and, and, and my family and everyone that just helped get rid of the stuff that's in my own way. And that's been the biggest thing. It, you know, hasn't been any, it hasn't been any real tactics and tricks. That's really, that's really done the, the, the long lasting work. What did, what did you realize that was in your own way? Can you say that again? What did you realize that was in your own way? Like what, what did you realize out of that? Like really low know yourself, but like what's a mental block that you had that you had to get through? Oh man. <laughs> um, I've got a story if you need time. So yeah. Like some of the big blocks that I had. Yeah. 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 I mean, early on it would, it would have been, wow, I, I get to, um, you know, run and own co own my, my own company that I, I get to have these, fantastic people I get to work with. I, I get to do something that lights me up that that's going to bring tremendous value to people. Like it was more getting through some of these, um, these conversations I was having in my head about not being worthy to, to do something like this. Um, you know, that, you know, we, I remember we had, I, I got some help, uh, some blocks around attracting, you know, some even more senior people to be working with us. And as soon as I got through that, then boom, they showed up. Um, so it was each time I kind of got aware of something that was in my own way where I was holding myself back and, and being able to get a new perspective about it. That's when, you know, a new level. Next I think you're breaking up a little bit, but let's see if we catch it up. But Ryan, like the way I felt was almost just realizing that something like this, that this block exists, allows you to break through. Like the fact that you know that it's there, it's not like a tactic that helps you break through, but just the fact that you're aware that it's there and it's the thing that's stopping you from doing whatever you want to do, you actually end up breaking through to it. You're like, oh, that is like for me, for me to like finally do my own thing, because I've always been like a side entrepreneur type of thing, is realizing that there was fear when I didn't think that there was actually fear. And then it's like, I am afraid. And then I'm like, what am I being afraid of? Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, totally, man. But yeah, once you, once you can see it, then you can shine the light on it and then you can do something about it. Um, yeah, awesome. whether it was fully committing to something, because if I, if, you know, I, early on in my days, even you know, in big companies, I would kind of have one foot in and one foot out. I, I hadn't fully really committed to something. And I'd always set up a back door to escape in case it failed, you know, coming from a fear of failure. And it was just, there was, there was so much that, uh, and I still, like, I'm going to be with Destiny next week with Dario. Um, the, you know, the journey never stops, fortunately. There's always more I get to learn about myself and more I get to work through and help me and others reach a whole new level. That's really cool, man. Anything you want to cover that we might have missed, Ryan? Um, I guess just, you know, the big thing, uh, you know, I know you've got a great audience. If there is anyone out there that, um, is excited about making games and, and especially that might be played by mostly women that, uh, and they, and they aren't really, um, experts in the marketing side, you know, reach out and talk, chat with us. Uh, one of our big values is, is being heart centered too. So if our, our games are helping feed hungry kids in Canada and, and that's something that we're going to continue to do more of and, so basically, if someone's excited about bringing fun to the world, but also helps others and, uh, you know, bring us up. That's really awesome. Well, the website, if you guys want to check it out, just go to their Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash flow motion entertainment. 
But Ryan, before we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor, clevertap.com. They're going to help you retain your users. Now you've gone through Ryan's process of figuring out what the right keywords are going to be, coming up with the right niche for that particular game, you know, analyzing the app store, seeing what's work. Well, you're going to use clevertap to really analyze your users and then bring them back into your game. As Ryan knows, you know, one of the biggest things, especially from a mobile casual games perspective is retention. How do you get people back into your game? So you're going to figure out how to make money if you can continually bring them back into the game. And that's what mobile action, I mean, mobile action, <laughs> clever tap allows you to do. They are the mobile marketing platform. That's going to help you drive lasting engagement from real time user insights an advanced segmentation engine and easy to use marketing tools all in one sneaking platform. So you don't have to use multiple things. You can just do it through clever tap. They're going to help you figure out why people are uninstalling, how to send the right push notifications, how to set, how to personalize those push, push notifications and give you the analytics to do it at the right optimal time. It is, once again, clevertap.com. Let them know you heard it on this very podcast, clevertap.com. Ryan, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app we should definitely check out. The, the one app? Yes, sir. Well, hey, thanks for having me on again. And uh, other than Cook It, which is coming out uh, this, uh, this weekend, uh, you know, one of my, my favorite apps in the store used to be called Twist. Um, and it would let my loved ones know the, the minute I was going to walk in the door. Um, this, that was one of the most valuable things I, from technology that could give me. I, I would come home and my kids would be waiting for me and knew the moment I was going to be walking down the driveway. Um, and so that, they, they, so that, that app disappeared from the store, but the new one's called Glimpse. And I know now it's baked into Waze and Google Maps, but for me, I love that kind of thing that helps me uh, connect with my family and gives them some meaningful data that uh, just makes my end of the day. Uh, that was especially when I was commuting. Uh, oh. you know, those were my favorite apps. It was an app that told you like when you were going to get home. Yeah. That's what Glimpse does. Yeah. That's awesome, man. <laughs> hey, Daddy's right there. He's going to come home soon. He's right on the driveway. <laughs> Let's get out of here. It's a project. Oh, they were screaming at the door waiting for me. It was just, oh. you know, that, that app was my bet the best. Yeah. That's really cool, man. How old are your kids? Your father of three? Uh, nine, seven. It's my son's birthday today. Actually, he gave me a, a little pass to uh, make a call here. And, uh, and now we've got a little one that's a year and a half. So I'm back to Dexter Landry's a little bit. And what's the, what's the one lesson that took you the longest to learn? Say that again? What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Uh, in, in all of life? Sure. I'll leave it open. <laughs> uh, what's that? I'll leave it open-ended. You're right. lesson that took me the longest to learn. Um... Yeah, I still, well, you know, I feel like it's one of these, I, I haven't finished learning, but I'm always learning the next level of it. And that is just um, how much, and it's empowering for me. The, the lesson is just how much of the world is um, is my, I'm not, sorry, wait, wait, not right sure the way to say this, but how much of the world I, I get to control or I'm responsible for it. And if I can't, change how it's actually going and at least I can change my perspective around it. So I guess it's just shifting the mindset from a, a victim to a you know, more empowering place. That's the big lesson for me. I used to put a lot of blame on other things and blaming the circumstance and blaming other people and um, being the biggest lesson is just, it's on me. Uh, at least how I feel about it or if, if I don't like something, then it's on me to do something about it. I love it. 
I completely agree with that as well. Once again, it is Flow Motion Entertainment. Find them on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Flow Motion Entertainment. And Ryan, do you want to send the listeners anywhere else to connect with you personally as well? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, Messenger is probably the best thing, the Facebook Messenger. I love it. Everything's on Facebook. It is Ryan Yada. So go find him on Facebook. You'll find his beautiful image on there. He's got a beard and he's always smiling, but go check out the Facebook page. And it is once again, flow motion, facebook.com slash flow motion entertainment. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Hey man. Thanks a lot for having me. It's awesome. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.